pulling the pennies out of the little coin thing in his wallet and it's like son just give the person the two dollar bills and take the change just go <laughs> how, how old is your son 16 oh, okay still too young for a debit card <laughs> yes I, but I, I i do hate going to the lines and paying mm-hmm. for something for like two bucks oh yeah with a debit card yeah but it kind of works out when I have to go to an ATM and I get charged $3 for yeah. it. I'm like, you know what, forget it. The worst one is when you go to the dollar store and you buy one item and you realize I have no cash and you've got to use the debit card. <laughs> so, so, I you feel feel like, so you buy five or six more items? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah All yeah, right, I'll get the air line. freshener and the Tic Tacs. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we're sitting here with C. Andrew Nelson. We, we, had, him on the, we had him on the panel. Uh, which was not planned. No. <laughs> it was not planned that we were going to be on there. Um, but you did great. That oh, was thank fantastic. you. It was, it was our first yeah, it panel. Was fun. Despite um, what anybody says to you, you did great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. so, well, I think we only asked four questions. You guys just, just went. There was just so went many, I, I had a feeling that there was going to be a lot of stories. And I was like, yeah. I hope everybody gets their opportunity. Because mm-hmm. we had never done one where it was three people at the same time. Right. We've, Sadly, we've used up all the stories now, so i got nothing to tell you. Now. We'll just talk about... And we'll that was the Andrew Nelson, folks. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, what I'd like to dive into is... The, well, we couldn't dive into this stuff is, is um, I guess, more video game stuff. Sure. Being yeah. a nerd that we are, I'm a mm-hmm. huge gamer. Um, okay. I've played the TIE Fighter games. I've played the Jedi Knight games. Um, mm-hmm. Are you a gamer or you just work on the games? Because some people are like that. I'm a gamer for certain types of games. Like one of the reasons I really enjoyed working at at, uh, LucasArts and why I wanted to work there in the first place, not just because I was a big Star Wars fan and everything like that, was I love the adventure games. I, I, before I ever started working at LucasArts, I was playing Maniac Mansion and Zack McCracken, the early, early stuff there. And uh, so I love that stuff, the uh, the Secret of Monkey Island, uh, that sort uh, of thing. I I was, what about I'm, all that Sierra, that company Sierra? Oh, yeah, game, all these kind of games. I love that stuff. Space Quest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you still a gamer now? I don't have time to be a gamer now. I would love to be, um, but I just I don't have the time. I, don't, I haven't even worked. I haven't even played half the games I've worked on. <laughs> this is a sad truth. And I've worked on things. I, I worked on uh, an online virtual world that I actually was able to be involved in at the time. But but when it comes down to just playing games, no, I don't have time to do it. <laughs> I haven't even seen some of the films that I've worked on the effects for. Oh, really? Which is sad, yes. So, which, uh, which was the last movie you worked visually effect on? Uh, last on? movie visual effects I worked on was, let's see... I did a film called uh, Witness 11, which was, uh, don't worry, you probably not, not heard it. It's more like a festival film, okay. I think. But it was a very cool project. It takes place during the uh, House on American Activity Committee hearings in 1949. You know, the are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Oh, okay. Um, Sounds like and, a fan of menace. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we had to recreate the time period, you know, on, a, on sort of a small wow. budget. Uh, we had to make it look like the house chambers in oh, 1949 wow. when so we 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 uh recreated the what the house looked like at that point and uh the uh, all the different newsreel cameras that we didn't have access to we made them in cg wow. and put them in the shots and the trick was to make sure that nobody noticed there was any effects at all in the film so to uh to do that we had to be very, very clever. And one of the things we had to do was a lot of crowd duplication. We had, you know, those hearings were filled with people, filled right, with, right. Uh, with uh, uh, you know, the, the people that were watching, the people that were protesting, the, the press and everything. And 
we had 30 extras, and we had to make it look like 300 people. Yeah. And you can't tell. You know, it, it worked out. It, you can't tell. So, because it, the moment on a project like that where it's all about the story and all about the, the, the characters, it, once somebody says, ooh, effect shot, you're done. You're dead. Right. Yeah. So, so. Well, I mean, in, in The Phantom Menace, they used, uh, they used Q-tips. Yes. And, uh, and some of them, the, the miniatures, they were Q-tips yeah. in there. And you can't tell. It's great. So, one of the reasons why I was really excited about talking to you and, and Frank and, and Mark also is... When I when I used to buy DVDs and Blu-rays, I don't do it anymore because yeah. it's digital now. Yes, I would go immediately to the special features. Immediately, mm-hmm. I wanted to know how things were made. Yep, I can't yes. do it. Like I was telling Frank, stick figures for logo. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I find it fascinating how, like you know, in one Star Trek, I saw that they were using Bic razors for the side of a, a shuttle. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. in the Phantom Menace, you know, they're using uh, uh, women's razors for the co- communicators. Mm-hmm. You know, I I love how things are done. Is is that how, you know, I know you wanted to be an artist and, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but is the behind-the-scenes stuff what drove you to, 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 to things you got today? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I From a very early age, I wanted to know how, you know, how, what made things tick. When I was six years old, my mom took me to Disneyland for the first time. And unlike a lot of kids that go and say, like, oh, hey, there's Mickey, oh, I love you, Mickey, that kind of thing. No, I was like... How did they do that in the Pirates of the Caribbean? How did they make it look like everything's on fire? <laughs> These aren't real actors. I mean, as a six-year-old kid, I understood that this was not uh, this was not a. Uh, a sh- Sh- These people need to shut up. <laughs> Can't you tell we're doing a podcast here? Just win already. Yes. Give them the prize. They don't even need to yell it Just out. Just clear the table of the raffle gifts and get out of our hair. Give it to everybody. Everybody yes. wins. Everybody's a winner. <laughs> and it's for charity. It's for charity. It's for charity. Yeah, so everybody should charity win. too. But, uh, so you like you wanted to know how the sausage was made, essentially. Right, exactly. To... As, as a chi- you know, as a child, I understood that this was not real. This was this place called Disneyland was was a show, and I wanted to know how did they put on the show? How did they make this happen? And so I started at, at a very early age, just kind of studying that, and that's how I got into doing magic, and that's how I you know, oh. and, and illusion, and that's how I got into drawing and doing cartooning and and animating, and then later. On, I wanted to be. I wanted to be a stop motion animator. I wanted to be the next Ray Harryhausen. You know, doing stuff like Seventh Voyage of Sinbad and Jason oh, the Argonauts yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing. And then I saw this little movie called Star Wars, <laughs> which changed my life. Yeah. And I, I thought, oh, I want to do that for a living. You know. But uh, so that's that was the whole catalyst thing for for everything. That, did you did you know you could draw at an early age or or um, be an artist? No, I didn't know I could draw, which is a, I think a good thing. <laughs> I think it was a good. thing thing that I didn't know how to that I didn't know that I knew how to draw because then you get kind of pretentious about it or then you try to I I just drew for fun I drew it because I enjoyed it and I would copy things and usually what I would do at an early age was I would copy Disneyland I would find images of Disneyland and I would draw this I would draw that right I'd draw that right I'd draw the haunted mansion I'd draw the characters in the haunted mansion and that's how I taught myself to draw it seems like everything except for acting which is I actually have a degree in everything else in the arts, I learned because I had to teach myself. I taught myself visual effects. I taught myself animation because there really wasn't any school available to me to do to, to learn that. So. so, what were some of your early works in uh, visual effects? 
My, uh, I started off in games, so I started off in LucasArts, and um, so I did a lot of stuff in the cutscenes of games. Mm. Um, I, used to, I used to joke that uh, my entire career at LucasArts could be bypassed by an escape key. <laughs> so, you know, next level, here we go. Uh, but did you I did, see that cutscene? Like, yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, it's not entirely true, because I did a lot of in-game stuff yeah. as well later on. But, um, but uh, my early stuff, I was doing things like uh, uh, Dark Forces. I love that, that game. That was the first, I think, uh, first-person shooter where you could jump. Yeah. I don't think any other... I know. Uh, people think it was Quake, but it wasn't Quake. No, it wasn't Duke Nukem either. Yeah, I think uh-uh. it was like... It was like I think, yeah, it was like ducking and jumping, yes. I think, was the first yeah, one to do that. Because I, I would get stuck on, like, there was a one, I think it was Hoth. Mm-hmm. I would get stuck all the freaking time jumping because it was the first time that anybody... You still have played. angst about it, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it all after all these years. I'm playing like PS4 and Xbox yeah. One. I still remember Dark Forces getting stuck. <laughs> Wake and, up screaming in the yeah. middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> was that you? Did you do that to me? No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that to you. No, I only worked on cutscenes on that game. But It looks but, like you can jump over that rock, I swear. <laughs> it was interesting because, you know, LucasArts would get accused of uh, of being like a me also and we'll just tack Star Wars on it and everything. But I think they very wisely sat back for a bit with the first-person shooters and thought, okay, we're going to make it Star Wars, but what else can we do to improve it? And that's one of the things, the, you know, the, the being able to leap and jump and that sort of thing as well. So That that didn't happen later on, though. I was, I don't know, when did you, before I inadvertently, accidentally insult you, when did you leave? <laughs> I want to Luke- do it purposely when I do it. <laughs> yeah. So. When did you, when did you, uh, did you leave LucasArts before, what was the, what was that, uh, Jesus Christ, what was that, uh, I'm gonna have to force choke someone. I now. literally want to yell, "Shut the hell up!" Um, the the uh, Empire is watching. The yeah. there was a. Have you? Did you know about Starcraft? Yeah. Okay. I so about, yeah. Um, I forget the genre that's in. Um, yeah. But Star Wars came out with a Starcraft like game. Right. Force Commander, I think. It was yes, called. Force Commander. Did you work on that game? I worked on two and a half versions of it. Okay. There were three versions of Back. it. And uh, so I didn't work on the final version. In fact, I don't think anything I did actually made into the final That's game. That's good. But it actually, because we, 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 we scrapped it and started over and scrapped it and started over and scrapped it and started over. Because I loved StarCraft. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was like, oh, my God, Star Wars is ripe for that. Yeah. Like, there's actual battles I could fight. Right. Because a lot of the other games is always like, you just play the single character. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, I get to control an entire army now? Right. <laughs> so I, but I remember playing it. I, I bought it. I made my dad go buy it. Mm-hmm. Loaded it up on the PC. I actually think I made him buy a new computer so it could play it. <laughs> and it was so slow. Yeah. It took well, forever to build anything. So they tried. I mean, I was a big Command & Conquer yeah. fan. Mm-hmm. And Dune. Yeah. I think they had a Dune one as well. So when I heard Star Wars was going to be going to that genre, I was just like, oh, my God, I can't wait. Right. And it was the most disappointed I've ever been yeah. in, in a game. game yeah. The sequels were a lot better. Yeah. yeah. That was after I left. I, I was at LucasArts from... 1993 to 19, beginning of 93 to the end of 98. But see, that was the era. Like, did you work on like Sam and Max or Day of the Tentacle? I worked on Sam and Max. I worked on Day of the Tentacle. I worked Full on Throttle. Full Throttle. Oh. I definitely worked on Full Throttle. Which I heard, I think they're trying to bring that back. Oh, yeah. It's been redone. Uh, Tim Schaefer, who, who rated that, uh, he has his company, Double Fine, and they've done it. They've got a deal going and they've redone that. They redid uh, Grim Fandango, updated oh. that, which I worked on that I love one, that too. game, too. That's a great game, too. Yeah. And Mark Hamill did voice on uh, Full Throttle, Mark right? Mark did four voices for us for uh, full, full Throttle. 
Yeah. Four was, voices for full throttle. That was that was that was another favorite game of mine too. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody wants it. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> of course, it gets quiet then. Of course, Vader going to have to choke a rebel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. He's going to have to choke somebody else. <laughs> the choke's on you. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I was really excited when I was reading your IMDb page. Just like we say in the panel, we, we internet stalk everybody. Because it's, it's the only way to prepare for interviews, right? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's I like, appreciate it because I've, I've done other interviews where it's like they, they don't know anything about me. Oh, we pulled we pull <laughs> yeah. some random things out. We had one interview where we're like, were you, were you on a game show host? And he's like, how did you find that out? Like, we internet stalked you. And we found the video yeah. of it. So your years with the CIA, can you tell us about that? No, I yeah. can't. Like, <laughs> as, as like a sniper rifle, like, LED yeah. lights up on your forehead. Yeah. So, uh, so the last game, I'll tell you, the last game that I worked on at LucasArts, just before I left, um, I did a little work on Starfighter. And, but the last game that I worked on was Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Oh, uh, that was a 3D adventure. Well, it was yes, like Tomb uh-huh. Raider. But yeah, it was, like, so it was Tomb Raider. Yeah, it was Tomb Raider yeah. with, with Indy. Uh, but it was I funny because the last thing I was doing was I was doing tiling cycling animations at 16 pixels by 16 pixels. So it has to meet up with itself on every side. It has to be one continuous you know, image. I was doing like lava and water and stuff like that. And then it had to animate as well. And so it's like this tiny, it was driving me crazy. Oh, God. I went that from that sound good. to going to Industrial Light and Magic, and I'm working at on four, um, 4K images doing <laughs> matte paintings for the ground battle. And it's like, <gasps> I can breathe. This is amazing. I have a whole canvas, a whole world to work with. So that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good promotion right there. Yeah. <laughs> going from little pixels to yeah. 4K yeah. monitor. Going from 16-bit ki- pixels to, hey, look. Digital droids, yes, and, and a digital background. Exactly, nothing here, yes. is, nothing here exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we talked a little bit about this in the panel, but what kind of like advice would you give to somebody who wants to be in this field of work that you're doing? I would say uh, the the first field, uh, the first thing I would say to somebody is. Um, do you really want to? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not. Are you being, six foot five? I'm, I'm not. Nope. Really, yes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to be silly here, but the no, fact is, true. you know, it's it's a crazy business, and uh, you have to have the right temperament, the right personality to be able to do it. And I see a lot of people who are incredibly talented, but they break in the business, yeah. or they do themselves in because they're trying so hard to impress people, and they just burn themselves out. But you have to have a sense of humor. You have to not, you know, be a hothead, and you can't. You gotta let stuff roll off your back. Take you, things personally. Exactly. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is figure out what your what your talents are. Everybody has talent. I believe that every single person on this planet has talent. You are born with it. It is a gift you have when you enter this world. You cannot buy it. You cannot learn it. You cannot teach it. You cannot give it. Nothing like that. I, this person's talent is to interrupt this podcast. <laughs> and she's doing a damn good she's job of it. Brilliant. She's killing it. No. Well, the thing is, everybody has talent of some sort. We don't all have the same talents, though. And the, the trick is to recognize what your talent is and equip it for what it's to be used for. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for example, it's like, I love music. I, I, I would love to be a musician. 
But if you hand me an instrument right now, I can prove to you very quickly I am not a musician. Okay? I, when I play when I play guitar, you know, your hands are supposed to do two different things. My hands don't do that. <laughs> you know, I can't pluck the strings and move, move on the, the frets hands, at the yeah. same time. Yeah. You know, that's just not me. But you find what you're what you're good at that allows you to be involved with what you're interested in. So, you know, never mistake passion for talent. There are a lot right. of people who are very passionate about something. Right. You watch a show like American Idol or America's Got Talent or, or The like, Voice I or something. Sing. Yeah. <laughs> and these no, people, everybody on there is very passionate. Not everybody on there is talented in that area. <laughs> yeah. So, but what do you have? What talents do you have that allow you to be involved in that area? Like, I love music, but I'm not a musician. Well, what can I do that allows me to be involved with music? Well, I can edit music videos. I'm very good at that. You know, I can that, do that sort of thing, but that allows me to be involved with something that I love, even if I'm not talented in the area that right. allows me to create right. that. That makes a lot of thing. sense. You still can kind of yeah. work with that stuff, but you're not directly involved in it, but you can kind of, I mean, enjoy it and right. work with it in your own way. Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing with, if you want to enter any field, but, you know, visual effects, animation, games, anything like that, You've got to just do it. You got it. You got to get out there and do it. Just start making a portfolio for yourself of stuff. Start teaching yourself how to do it. Take classes and how to do it. Collaborate with people. Put stuff on YouTube. Get your stuff out there for people to see. Just do it. And I think that's the most important thing. And then you know the other stuff. You know, finding where to get the the education and everything is is important too. But networking is really we talked about that. In yeah, the networking panel, is a big is deal. That networking is huge. So, oh, that's what we that's what we do with um, that's what we do with these type of things when we try to meet people. We try mm-hmm. every every. We, so a little bit about us is that our first interviews ever that ever happens uh, yeah. were at this expo last year. Wow. And you guys are so good at this, too. I mean, oh, honestly, you think yeah. so? No, I, I'm, honestly, I mean, all joking aside and everything, you guys are really good. I've done a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of interviews over the years, and it <laughs> never goes this well. <laughs> it would go a lot better if somebody wasn't screaming in my ears. Right. Supergirl would shut up. <laughs> um, Number 483, you want a Barbie. <laughs> Dark side Barbie is here. Uh, she said a second ago that she didn't go ahead she and sell it, it on done. eBay. I was like, what? <laughs> Why would someone bid on wow. that and sell on eBay? Well, for the charity, you know, they're yeah, raising money for the all for charity. charity. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, just that's why we're putting up with this, folks, because they're 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 raising money for Make a Wish. Yes, and that's, a, and that's a very actually a very very good. Well, that's why we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last year we did it for exposure. This year we're like, uh, let's. We, we made. Uh, mm-hmm. We were wrapped. I I brought last a bunch of Star stuff. Wars stuff that I didn't need. Uh huh. And we sold. We probably sold things with your likeness on it. Somehow. Yeah, probably <laughs> did. Yes. Probably. <laughs> that we thought it was somebody else. I'll get my cut from you later. Yeah. <laughs> Make a wish has it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's while all right. Get, while you're down there getting your cut, pull the PA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <all right>. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay. So before we get to what we call the big finish, um, we just have to ask that, dude. How did it feel? To put on that costume, that Darth Vader costume for the first time, how did that feel? Blistering hot. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, it's it's it is hot in there, but it, uh, no, it's it's amazing. It was it was unnerving, really, because you know the first time I tried on the costume, I'll tell you the story of, of, of what happened. Yeah. Is, um, 
if they'll let us. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, I I got called to to do this thing. It was a charity event. It was for Big Brothers Big Sisters of America. It was a live appearance. They wanted to do a meet and greet so that the kids could uh, have their picture taken with Darth Vader. And somebody knew that I had a background in acting, and and uh, they knew I was about the right size and everything. And so they suggested me for it. So um, I had to try on the costume. So. Don Bees was the uh, from the Island Model Shop was the archivist at the time, and he, I called him, and he said, "Well, come on over to ILM. I'm uh, I'm over the model shop today, and c- come on over and we'll, we'll meet." And I'm thinking, "Cool, I get to see the model shop because I had worked I was working just across the parking lot, at but Lucas never got Arts, to go inside. I never got to go inside the model shop, and I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be high security and everything like that. And you know, it's like, hey, who are you and everything? No." I had I don't know whether I looked like I belonged there or not, but I had to flag people down. I'd say, excuse me, what? Excuse me, I'm looking for Don. Oh, Don, Don Bees. Yeah, yeah, he's back there. So I'm, I'm wandering through the model shop. You're playing with lightsabers. Yeah, I'm seeing stuff from Ghostbusters 2 and oh Dragonheart and stuff like that. So I finally, I, I, but as I'm walking towards the building, before I even got inside, I could see through this big open doorway and down a hallway... There's the Darth Vader costume in a display case. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's huge. I'm never going to fit into that. Well, at least I get to see the model shop. So I finally, I meet up with Don, and he says to me, and he you know, comes up and he shakes my hand, and he says, hey, nice to meet you and everything. Hey, you're not claustrophobic, are you? I go, no. <laughs> All right. So he introduces me to someone else from the model shop, uh, Nelson Hall. And Nelson says to, he says to me, hey, great to meet you and everything. Uh, hey, you're not claustrophobic, are you? <laughs> Got, now you're starting no, to get No, I'm not. Then he introduces me to Grant Imahara, which everybody knows from uh, Mythbusters. Mythbusters, yep. And, uh, and Grant says, hey, nice to meet you and everything. Hey, you're not claustrophobic, are you? <laughs> By this point, I'm going, I don't know, am I? And so. <laughs> Either so, they're going to put me in the costume or kill me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're, so we, we wander around. He gives me the nickel tour of the, of the model shop, and then we end up in that room with the Vader costume. Uh, and I'm looking at this thing in the display case, and I'm going, that's not going to fit. That's not going to fit. And then Don said, uh, uh, oh, yeah, this is one we made for Planet Hollywood. It's a bit beefier than the real one. I'm going, I'm going, oh, phew. Because they're all acting like it's a done deal. I'm going to fit oh, yeah. this thing. So then I went up to Skywalker Ranch the next week to meet with Don at the Archives Building and try on the costume for the first time. And the Archives Building at Skywalker Ranch, it looks like a big barn from the outside. Inside, it's like this, you know, uh, perfectly climate-controlled building where everything from every Lucas production, if it's not out on display in a museum somewhere, it's there. Every costume, every prop, every miniature that you I can think of die. is there. I would just you absolutely know, die. All the stuff from the Star Wars films, the Indiana Jones films, you know, the Ark of the Covenant is there. So uh, jealous Howard the Duck is there. They used to actually keep it inside the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Don't open it! Uh, but Michael Jackson's Captain EO costume was there. Everything you can think of. Wow. And so I tried on the costume, and it's, it's, it's an interesting costume because it, it's, well, first of all, it's just a brilliant design. You know, from Ralph McQuarrie and John Mallo, the costume designer, and Brian Muir, who who'd sculpted the you know the Vader mask and everything, just incredible. But uh, it's 17 pieces if you include the lightsaber Holy hanging off the belt, cow. and you put it on very slowly, and because you want to make sure it looks absolutely perfect and everything, and they'll even they're even polishing up the the, the, the helmet and everything to make sure it looks good under the lights. I realized that I think after a New Hope. 
Yes. Uh-huh. It's yeah. a big night. Yeah, it was a very di- and it was a different costume each time. There were changes to it in each film. Yeah. Much more subtle between Empire and, and Jedi, but right. but uh, but that was the the case there. But so it's seventeen pieces. You put it on very slowly. It takes about forty minutes to get into the uh, the costume, and. It's actually about maybe five minutes to get out because you don't care at that point. It's hot. I'll turn this thing inside out. Just get me out of this thing. I have physical scars from actually playing Darth Vader. I'm not going to show them to you here in person. This is a public place. A little chafing. Yeah, this, yeah exactly. It's, it might, it might it's get them to stop yelling downstairs. Well, I don't know. Yeah. They, might, they might yell something horrible at that point. But, uh, yeah, so, but it, it is an amazing feeling. But you'll put it on. And you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror once you get the whole thing on. And you don't think to yourself, hey, there I am in the Vader costume. You think, there's Darth there's Vader. Vader. And then you walk differently and you move differently. Oh Everything is different at that point. It, you know, I have had to do walkthroughs and rehearsals and things like that as Vader without the costume. And you do your best. And I, I'm, I'm a classically trained actor. I uh, did theater. I did Shakespeare. I did all kinds of stuff. But you can't be Vader without the costume. Yeah. It's, you do your best, but you put that costume on. And all of a sudden, That's you attitude. feel it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, especially since what you were doing, it was mm-hmm. officially, like, not just... It wasn't even licensed. It was actually from Ireland. It was the real thing. Like, I actually it, wore pieces of the entire original trilogy at one point I, for something God. I was doing. And uh, I think it might, it might have been Rebel Assault, too. I can't remember. But uh, but I had pieces from every single That's one of the original incredible. films. We it's, saw the costume at uh, Rancho Obi-Wan, yeah, but I don't Rancho know Obi-Wan. how much of that is original, though. I think just a couple pieces, I think. It might be it might be more original than you realize. Steve's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. That, you, that place is Rancho amazing. Obi-Wan? You know, I've never been to Rancho. I've known Steve for years, and I've never been out to this ranch there. We went there uh, last year. August. Last August. Yeah, we, we podcasted there. with him, too. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. It was, uh, Great guy. It was... The the best way the the be, the biggest compliment I could give Rancher Obi Wan mm-hmm. is that it's so massive as a Star Wars fan you might get a little sick of the tour at the end. Wow, it's so massive wow. because we were on our feet it's for overload. five mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. yeah, five hours, and by the end of it, we're like, how much possibly more can you show me? Yeah, and he's oh. got a story for every piece, every single one, and he remembers it all. And the, and the thing is, it's like if you think you found something. That like, you know, nope, he doesn't nope, nope. have. No, he's got it. <laughs> yeah. He's got it. I got three different do, versions of it. And if you do, yeah, pat yourself on the back. Yeah, because I mean, he even has food that yeah. you can't eat His anymore. His big thing now is like is Japanese food, food. like from wow. like you know Japanese like you know licensed Star Wars stuff <laughs> that he gets sent. He was opening a box while we were there from Australia. Wow. From Australia, and he gets he just people just send him this stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we're like, how much money are you spend? He's like, well, I spend quite a bit, but. People just send me stuff, man. It's like just that's the all thing. The time. At some point, it, they just yeah, they just it just start starts coming in. I mean, we were yeah. we, we we were looking. There was FX lightsabers, like mm-hmm. I used to collect. It's too expensive for me to collect now, but there's FX lightsabers that he had stashed in the back behind the tour yeah. that you weren't even supposed to see. But I just kind of peeked back there. Yeah, he had FX lightsabers that I didn't even know existed. Oh yeah. Like he had Asajj. Asajj Ventress is the one. Ventress's FX they're, lightsabers. Wow. Curved I didn't hilt, even know yeah. those existed. He, he gets a lot of prototypes, too, and things like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he, he was he was great on the tour. Like I said, the, the, big, the best compliment I'd say is if you're a Star Wars fan, you might get sick of Star Wars. At the end of the <laughs> it's, it's, and he had stuff stashed away. Like I saw a, a life-size Jabba. Because mm-hmm. I was helping him with a table because yeah. we were going to podcast with him. Yeah. He had a life-size Jabba that wasn't put together. <laughs> so wow. much stuff. And I I'm can't like, wait till they open up that 
the new they, section they at some they were, point. They said mm-hmm. they were going to try to open up like a, a cantina. Yeah. To actually, so to to use, to utilize the the Java. It's mm-hmm. it, what scene? So, so going back to Vader, what scene in the special edition was it? Empire Strikes Back. Mostly Empire that, Strikes Back. That you yeah. filmed was it with the Emperor? You know, the, the, the uh, there's so much of it just kind of peppered throughout the uh, the the uh, special edition. The part that I the part that I always point people to because it's the easiest to to spot is the scene where Vader leaves Cloud City. Goes to his shuttle and then get and then goes to he's, the star destroyer. He's being escorted because, by yeah, because that part was added in because that's, you know, yeah, oh, that's and right. That's the easiest thing to spot. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you you've been more so you've literally been Darth Vader more than and than anybody else. I mean, that's what they tell me, and I'm not going to argue with Lucasfilm. Yeah, you're like <laughs> right on. You're yeah. Like I'll take it. It's a title worth having. Spent 12 years. I played Vader 70 times. Amazing. After a while, my that's wife made so me keep cool. count. So I did bet. you? Did you? Uh, when they were going to when they started filming Rogue One, did you put your name in the hat? You know, I I always figure, hey, they know where to find me if they need me. But you know, they they cast uh, two other guys. Took two guys to replace me. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I just I, I joke about that because pe- people ask me, "Oh, do you feel bad that they did that they didn't use?" I say, "No." I'm like, "Look at my gosh! I had a 12 year run at this thing yeah. for something that I thought was a one off to be yeah. you know, something that iconic." What a blessing for that is that? Yeah, you know? exactly. So, so yeah. So, so and cool. I thought they, I thought they did a great job. I, I thought I loved Rogue One. Yeah, I yeah absolutely. I did, Rogue, loved Rogue One. Not only is it a good Star Wars movie, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's just a good movie, and the ending. Is amazing. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but you uh, we've already spoiled it. Yeah, I, but if, if you've seen New Hope, then 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 it's already spoiled for you. But uh, but the whole sequence at the end with Vader, you know, and, and chasing after him, and it's like, can they get the plans there? You know, they get the plans. You've but seen you're the still other movies, freaking out. But yeah, you're going. Oh my gosh, how are they going to make it? I had I literally went home after that movie. And I had a nightmare. I was yeah. like, what if I was stuck in that hall? I'm like, I'd be dead. Yeah, I didn't I? That was there's the nothing first, you could do. Because again, I I grew up yeah. later on. Like I, I never the first Star Wars movie I ever saw in theater was actually not episode one now that I remember. It was actually the special edition of A New Hope. Oh, okay. It was the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. I saw mm-hmm. it in theater. Yeah. So I grew up where Darth Vader was on my lunchbox and plushed <laughs> all. You know, yeah. So he was no longer this this uh, menacing, evil, man. menacing villain. Right. When I went to go see Rogue... I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about it right now. Mm-hmm. That's how big of a nerd yeah. I am. When I went to go see Rogue One in IMAX and he ignites the lightsaber in the dark hall, it was the first time that I was actually frightful of Darth Vader. it makes Vader scary again. Yeah. That's the great thing about Rogue One is it makes New Hope a better movie. If you watch it and then watch New Hope again, it's like, oh, that adds such a layer to this now. Yeah, so. it was. I mean, we we really enjoyed it. I, mm-hmm. That Vader scene. It was only short. We knew it was coming because mm-hmm. the internet can't shut up. Yeah, we knew it was coming, but even not like we that. Were still weren't prepared. Right. right. For that. That. Mm-hmm. Just again. <laughs> I, I saw it at ILM, and we had a, we had a, we had a screening there. Way to uh, trump me. <laughs> I said IMAX. Like, I saw it at ILM. <laughs> <laughs> like I got you. Oh, you went to see IMAX where yeah. everybody else didn't see Garrett, it. Then, I saw where they made it. I saw where they made it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I loved it. I mean, hats off to John Knoll for, for coming, coming up with the story and everything Man. like that and executive producing it. John's a great guy. I worked with him at, at ILM. John's, it's funny, we, uh, we used to have a thing at Industrial Light and Magic. Uh, they would do a series of screenings called the Flex the flick, flick screenings, F-L-I-C-K-S, flicks. And we would get, like, a classic film, like North by Northwest or The Godfather. We'd get the best print we could get, like a 70-millimeter print. And we would show it in, like, the big, beautiful screening room that we had at ILM. And uh, somebody would get up before the movie and give a little historical background. And then this would be after hours, and we'd, we'd, we'd see it was a lot of fun. Well, there was another group 
sort of a rogue rival group that would have the flex screenings, F-L-E-C-K-S, which if you look it up in the dictionary, it's pretty disgusting. It's like the stuff that sticks inside your intestines. Uh, but uh, And these were, we would do screenings of bad movies. Nice. You know, like Mystery Science Theater kind yeah, of yeah. bad movies stuff. But it was a film that somebody at, at ILM had worked on, but it wouldn't be an ILM project. So we could never do Howard the Duck. As much as we would love to, but we'd right. be, we would find out that somebody had worked on something. We get a, we get, get a, we get a print for it. We'd, we'd watch it in like the, the not so nice screening room, the one we could actually eat in, and we'd sit and heckle the movie. But we would shame that person into coming to the screening. So it's like, hey, did you know that so and so worked on Leprechaun too? Oh wow, we got to get that one. Oh, in. that's awesome. John Knoll, to his credit, is the only person who ever volunteered their bad movie. He came to us and said, you know, I worked on Space Invaders. Oh, it's like, oh really? No. Okay, you're coming, John. <laughs> what was uh, what was your movie? I didn't do one. I, at that point, the only films I had worked on, well, I'd, well, I worked on Howard the Duck. I was an actor in Howard oh. the Duck. But we couldn't so do that because it was an island production. But, uh, no, this is before, yeah, no, we couldn't do that, no. <laughs> Hating on the, on the, on the prequels. Uh, huh? you know. That's right. You know, I, I wasn't crazy about, about Phantom Menace. I liked Attack of the Clones much more, and I really didn't care that much for Revenge of the Sith. I know yeah, a lot of people I'm, like that. I'm all it's... over the place with those. My yeah, actual I, favorite shot is, or scene, is in. Revenge of the Sith. Mm. And it's not what everybody thinks it is. The, my favorite shot is actually where... It's Anakin, the ending credits. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's where uh, Anakin and Padme are looking at each other through the... They don't see each other, mm-hmm. but they're looking they're out across into the, the, city. the city, the city oh, yeah. during the mm-hmm. sunset. Yeah. And there's barely... Like, there's only like a, a... John Williams is only playing like a violin, a low, mm-hmm. low violin. Yeah. And nobody is talking. And it's just them two, and that's my favorite scene in the entire trilogy. Yeah, that's great. It's not yeah. anything like that ever in any of the Star Wars movies. No, yeah. I, and I remember sitting. But it says everything. It says yeah. so I much. See, I remember sitting in the theater and like, oh, I've never seen this before. Because by that time, you had already seen like a ton of lightsaber fights. Mm-hmm. You had seen all this stuff, but I'd never seen something like that where nobody yeah. was talking, nothing was blowing up, nobody was running, yeah. and it's just two people right. in their thoughts. Yeah. And that yeah, I, it was, like yeah. it was, it was almost there. equal to the uh, Mark Hamill scene yeah. in A New Hope. Yes, uh, when he's staring up at the two sons. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah. that, it reminded me yeah. of that. That's yeah. the thing about George. You know, it's like like I said earlier today is that that you, you can you know say what you want about you know a story or or uh, dialogue or things like that, but the visuals. George knows his visuals so well, and he 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 comes up with that stuff, and. We had a problem on Phantom Menace on a shot where it was a panning shot where the camera is panning across the swamp and Jar Jar was supposed to be walking up out of the swamp. I'm sorry, I evoked the, the name Jar Jar. Uh, Jar Jar is supposed to be coming up out of the swamp, walking through some bushes and then over to where uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan are standing. And there was a slight hesitation in the background plate, the, the, the live-action footage, so as it was panning across, it hesitated for a moment and then kept on going. And the animators were having a terrible time trying to get Jar Jar to show up on uh, on his spot because he looked like he was sliding in the background because the camera stuff right. uh, hesitated for a moment. And they were just working on it and working on it and working on it. And then George took one look at it and he goes, I remember sitting in dailies and he said, he goes, why don't you just have him slip in the mud? And he noticed that right where Jar Jar would be coming up the bank of the swamp, that was where the hesitation was. So the animators put like a little half step in there, a little whoops, 
solved the problem. Wow. And that's so the kind that's of stuff why? you can't get in a film school. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Okay, I have a lot more respect for that part then because yeah. because again he's he's meant as the comedic right thing that I never found funny. Right. A lot of people didn't find funny, but that th- those are the things that I always loved about Lucas and Spielberg growing up. Mm-hmm. That it would be the same thing like if I made a movie I would put my friends in it somehow or something. Okay. You know, I would yeah. I mean they created the Easter egg type things. I mean mm-hmm. And that little tip, that's why, again, that's why I buy, when I was buying Blu-rays, right. I would go right to the special edition okay. or the special features and say, how is that made? And those little stories, I love, like, <laughs> I love more than anything. All right. Well, I'll give you an Easter egg then for okay. Attack of the Clones okay. that you won't find on any supplemental thing. Oh, nice. So, th- so, so is this an exclusive? This is a yeah, true maybe. exclusive. Yes. Okay, All right. awesome. All right. So um, I was working on a shot um, when, the, when they... When they shot the stuff with Jar Jar uh, uh, in the films, there, you had the actor. You know, Ahmad right. was was in was in a Jar Jar costume with like a Jar Jar head up on top of his head and like a visor over his eyes that was mirrored so that people wouldn't look into his eyes. It would look up above that to the Jar Jar head so that you would have the eye lines going to the proper height. Right. But of course, you had to remove him from the shots. And I was working on one where I had to remove him from a shot because they were going to actually put in a full CG uh, uh, Jar Jar in there. And it's a scene where uh, Obi-Wan is getting out of an elevator with Anakin on Coruscant. And Jar Jar comes tootling along up to the... Uh, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Obi-Wan, so glad to see you. And, I, yeah. and he comes running over to him, grabs him, and shakes Obi-Wan's hand vigorously. Well, when you paint something out, you have to paint in what would be... There and you know behind there in the first place, so I had to paint in the folds of Obi Wan's robe bouncing up and down, which is pretty crazy. But then I also had to for a couple of frames I needed a hand, and I had no hand there. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do here, and I was ready to actually get out a camera and just shoot a photo of my own hand and the right angle and everything. So I'm on my lunch break, and I'm just sitting at my desk and I'm surfing the internet and I'm looking at some news and everything. And there was a photo of. Vice President Al Gore on board Air Force Two doing this weird pose where he's got like his hands out at this odd angle and he's got this kind of like, I don't know, kind of attitude. And I looked at the photo of the hand and I go, that's the exact angle and the exact lighting I need. So I downloaded the photo. I t- took his hand out of the shot, isolated the hand, stuck it in there over Obi-Wan so that Al Gore's hand made Holy it onto Obi Wan. Now you can't you can barely see it because they you know, they composited Jar Jar over that. Right. But so Al Gore's hand is in there for a few frames. Now here's the spooky part. Al Gore, Ewan McGregor, same birthday. Whoa. I can't believe Al Gore's hand is in Star Wars. Yes. He might have got elected. <laughs> well, you know, if you would look that up on the internet, which Al Gore invented, you 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 know. That. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. My God. I, that's awesome. That blows my mind. It's like I have to go watch that's that so scene again. Awesome. Yeah. I'm picturing this now. Like I know the scene. Obviously. I know the scene too. And like, well, you do what you gotta do to get what you need. Sometimes. But that's the sh- that's the shit I love. I'm I'm, I'm nerding out right now. Yeah. I'm so fucking nerding out right now. That's, that's so, so awesome. Cool. I can tell you're stunned because you're cursing now. So yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm running out of adjectives to how like. Cool that was. God, that's so good. Mind blown. Yeah. Well, there's, there were there were a lot of things like in the games too. Like uh, um, in Dark Forces, we needed some flames shooting up out of something in the distance on some level, and we didn't have any flames. And uh, you know, it's probably long 
since passed. We don't, I won't get anybody in trouble, but somebody, not me, but somebody may have actually lifted some jets of flames out of Blade Runner and put it into the game. <laughs> oh, and the overspin. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Well, it's like it, everything in Shobas is nothing is what you think it is. No. I mean, oh, it's, so in, in the, in the uh, Jedi Knight game, um, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's, it's a great, a great game. game, and it's and uh, it's it's it was actually a real challenge because we had a half hour of full motion video in there with all the you know the the, the stories and the cutscenes and everything. We had three hundred and fifty effect shots. It's, it was like doing a feature That's film. That's crazy. And uh, and it was basically split between myself and one other guy to composite it all together. Uh, Mike Levine was the other uh, artist that was uh, doing that. Uh, but for all the pickup shots, we needed, like, sometimes we need a close-up of Kyle Katarn's hands or Jarek's right. feet or something like that. They're all me. So every time you see Kyle's hands, like, grabbing the controls in the cockpit or something like that, that's my hands, <laughs> my feet. If you look at the, uh, the dark side ending... Because uh, you could play light side or dark right, side, right. and it had a different ending. At the ending, you know, Kyle's got that little uh, little projector pod that he's looking at the holographic image of him and his father, and it's like the last bit of his goodness in him, and he drops it and, and steps on it, and the, and the uh, thing. Well, that's my hands, my feet for, for for that. When you see that, and we had three of these little uh, models. Don B's from the ILM model shop built those, and um, so we had three shots to get it right. We got it on the third try. My, well, I got it on the third try. It's stepping on that thing and crushing it. But yeah, so that's so fun. Hmm. I, I, love that stuff. I, 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 I seriously like it. I remember it's, it's nothing like Al Gore's hand, but uh, I, I just remember like buying the Blu-ray for for The Dark Knight. Yeah, and like because I want like I remember watching it in the theater, mm-hmm. and I was like, that bat pod's got to be like on a mm-hmm. you know, on a on like a, a railway or something, right. you know. And then I'm watching. I'm watching the. And they're like, oh, they just stuck the engine in the wheel. They found some guy in Europe who was working yeah. on this thing, where they were building motorcycles with the engines in the wheel. And they just say, oh, that's cool. We'll use that. Yeah. And and like they they were they were filming it. They were doing test shots where they were, they said that they were trying to have Batman have a backpack to mm-hmm. retract the the cape. Yeah. But then during during the test shots, mm-hmm. the stunt guy who was Running around the bat pod, right. they found that the the because the wheels were so massive mm-hmm. and the speed that he was going at, there was no way that the cape would ever snag in the wheel. Right, so they it looks found that sick when you see the cape, you know, sure, behind sure, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And so there was no danger to the actor. Mm-hmm. So they scrapped the entire idea of having Batman, you know, riding around a motorcycle with a backpack mm-hmm. or something like that because they na- they naturally found out. And I thought something as simple as that. Yeah. And again, not on the same level as Al Gore. <laughs> but if I was geeking out about a cape not snagging in a yeah. motorcycle, you, right. can, you can understand why I was cursing when you right. told me Al Gore's hand is in the You right. had that secret the in a lockbox for a while. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy. But that's the Cheesy. magic of movies and games and everything is all that oh, kind of stuff. So good. That I, lo- so I love good. that stuff. Yeah. Love that stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. So what we like to do, uh, well, first of all, before we get to the big finish, um, anything that you'd like to plug? 
Anything. Uh, yeah, actually, a couple of things. Well, first of all, if anybody wants to find me on social media, you can find me at CAndrewNelson.com. That's my website. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm C underscore Andrew underscore Nelson on Twitter because some other guy in Aust- Australia got C Andrew Nelson without the underscore. <laughs> and he won't relinquish it. And he doesn't use it. And oh, well. He never tweets. Yes. He never treats. He never writes. He never calls. <laughs> but uh, so you can find me there. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, which has nothing to do with uh, with all this we've been talking about. It's about tropical fish because that's the hobby that keeps me sane. You know, tropical it's a fish? crazy business because you know, you know, at any given moment when you're working in visual effects or animation or or or, or acting or anything like that, at any given moment it feels like that the a multi-million dollar production is riding on your shoulders for you to get your part of it done and get it right. You know, that's how it feels. The reality of it is, it is. It is, to one extent or another, a multi-million dollar production is riding on you. That's a lot of pressure. You know, that plus just every day-to-day pressure that you have in your own life, you know, it all kind of comes together. You need something to just kind of unwind. And for me, it's fish. <laughs> I stare at a fish tank, and I'm okay. I don't kill anybody that day. Do you watch uh, Do you watch uh, the guys on uh, Animal tanked? Planet? Yeah, oh, tanked. yeah, Tanked. I love that show. That's, yeah. a, that's a cool show, man. Yeah. But I have a YouTube channel called Aquatasy. A-Q-U-A-T-A-S-Y. Aquatasy. Interesting. I never And uh, I didn't actually plan to have a YouTube channel. It was uh, I was on a forum just trying to get some information about a, a species. Uh, and uh, everybody on the forum was going, hey, everyone, post a video of your tank. And I thought, all right, I'll join in. But me being me, I can't just, you know, like get out the cell phone, shoot something, and upload it. No, i got to add titles to it. He's got, like, special it. effects and yeah, shit. Exactly. <laughs> it's you like know, Al, Al, Gore's, Al Gore's hand is putting the fish Al Gore's inside. Hand is right in the tank there. Uh, Vader's fighting. So, I, so I, I do all that, and then I thought, well, i got to find somewhere to host this. And, and YouTube was quick and easy, so I did that. It's awesome. And I figure, well, if I do that, I have to create a channel name. Well, if I'm creating a channel name, I better put together a website for that, and it's kind of snowballed. Yeah. And everybody said, oh, that's a great video. You should do another one and another one. So now I've got, like, 2,000-something subscribers. I've got, a, I've got a sponsor for the channel. The channel actually makes a little money. And I'm helping people. I've got videos that are like got, like, 50,000 views or something on it. That's nice. awesome. So I combine visual effects and animation with the hobby of fish keeping. And there you it's, go. It's a fresh look at the hobby of fish keeping from a, you know, from a cinematic perspective. Do you, a, do you have a massive tag? I don't. That's the funny thing. It's like, <laughs> I've never in my life, I mean, I've been in the hobby for years, I've never owned a tank larger than 20 gallons. <laughs> but the my way son- he filmed it, it looks like yeah. 300 exactly. gallons. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I can make that thing huge. He's only got one goldfish, but because he's a visual artist. Oh, yeah, there, there are 300 of them. He's got a fish. He's got, a, like a, he's got a shark in there. Yeah. And Al Gore's hand. So it's, <laughs> it bit his hand it's off. Like, no, it's like Dr. Knows, like aquarium. that sharks with laser beams on its head. Yes. But no, I've got I've got several tanks around the house. But you know, it's it's fun and it's fun to do. That's so, so cool. So if people want to check that out, they can. You can also find Aquatasy on Instagram. So right on. A- and currently, I'm editing a uh, a video. There's a company called Theme Parkology, uh, run by a buddy of mine, Jerry Cornell, uh, who do they do wonderful documentaries on theme park rides and in particular Disney. And uh, which is great for me because that's how I got started. Was like all this was I love Disney, I love Disneyland and all that sort of thing. And so I'm currently editing a documentary on the Pirates of the Caribbean oh, and doing right all on. the animated uh, you know, intros and things like that for it as well. So oh, cool. that'll Very be coming cool. out later this year. And you can find that at themeparkology.com. And, and Jack Sparrow or Johnny Depp's not in that one. Though. Well, we'll see. <laughs> oh, no, no, 
I mean, no, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we got an exclusive. Yeah. I don't know. He showed up on the riot the other yeah, day. That's, that's true. That's that's totally he might show up thing. at my house and go, can you put me in the movie? <laughs> we have this, uh, we have this uh, theory that he no longer wants to be anything that he doesn't have either a white face or a British accent. No. I think you're right. I think <laughs> or you're a combination right. of the two. Yeah. 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 Or Tim Burton movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you want me to go first? All yeah. right. So we, we do this thing at the end of every interview. Mm-hmm. It's called the Big Finish. Everybody gets the same three same questions. Okay. It's interesting for us. It's like uh, it's like inside the Actors Guild, but not as okay. not as bougie. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite curse word? What's your favorite curse word? Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, Bloody so, hell. That's my, that's my favorite curse word. All-time favorite character can be from any genre. Comic book, TV, movies. All fi- all-time favorite character, Willy Wonka. Uh, from, from the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Gene Thank Wilder. You. Gene yeah. Wilder. The there is the... no other. Sorry, Johnny. There is no other. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael Jack. I mean, uh, Johnny. Yes. <laughs> what are. Um... <laughs> so the follow up question would be mm-hmm. if Willy Wonka was your spouse. <laughs> what... I'd have a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> what, would, uh, what would you complain the most about Willy Wonka? Um, that I don't get to wear the top hat. So. <laughs> um, okay. And I'm so. not cleaning up those snozberry stains. <laughs> Who ever heard of snozberry anyway? And this wallpaper is starting to go bad. Yes. <laughs> Honey, we need fresh wallpaper. The dog keeps licking it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, actually, Gene Wilder was the inspiration for me wanting to become an actor. Seeing that movie as a kid That's made awesome. me want to become that and, and, and Dick Van Dyke in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, yeah. That's a great And, and he's still an inspiration to me. I mean, as he's people don't know this about Dick Van Dyke. I'm going to throw this in here because I have such respect for the guy. At the age of 79, he decided he wanted to learn to animate, and he taught himself how to animate in Lightwave on the computer. And what? he's good. Yes. Really? Yes. Huh. He's got to be in his 90s now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And he still animates. He still dances. He still acts and sings. And he's full of life. He's amazing. That dude is... You know? He puts incredible. me to shame. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... I mean, he's, he's a... He's a renaissance man. Yeah, that's incredible crazy. inspiration. Yeah. Willy Wonka had one of the freakiest... I remember watching that in... Mm-hmm. I think most kids, every time... The first time you ever watch Willy Wonka is in school. Yes. And I remember that scene where they're going into the tunnel. The tunnel, yes. And I'm like... Uh-huh. Wait, this is for kids? I'm kind of freaked out here. I love which how the direction the, we are going. I mean, he has every he has every he has every level of acting in that movie. Absolutely. Yes. If you look back at it, there's mm-hmm. comedy, yep. there's drama, mm-hmm. there's thriller, yep. there's horror, there's tragedy, there's yeah. everything is in there. Yeah, especially at the end when he mm-hmm. kind of tries to yeah. trick uh, trick him. Yes. Trick Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the first scene that you see him, he he comes and he he does that somersault. He falls, yes. trips and falls. And that was his idea. That was his idea, yeah. which I love that because that that was him in a nutshell. Yeah. So, uh, what are you? Um... Oh my gosh! I'm so glad that that's over with. Yeah, yeah. Right at the tail end. end. And now we're going to do another round. <laughs> um, okay, so what are you watching right now as far as TV shows, whether you have it on DVR? Like, what's your go-to show right now where you're like, I have to watch this right now? Okay, well, first of all, I've been a Doctor Who fan for ages, so there I'm always go. watching Doctor Who. But I am hooked on the CW uh, superhero shows. So it's all about The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. That's funny. Uh, and, now, and now you know, Black Lightning. So. 
yeah, I saw the trailer for Black Lightning. That's not going to be in the Arrow universe, though, or the Arrowverse is what they call it. It will right? eventually. Yeah, yeah, somehow so? they will. Oh, it has to be. It has All to be. roads so, lead to the Arrowverse. I hope so, so, yeah, yeah. I we on our social on our on our page or on our Facebook page, I posted that the trailer for the Black Lightning, yeah. and I said. This looks interesting, but if somebody time travels or get a bloodlust, I'm yep. out. I'm out. <laughs> you know, Barry Allen, he's going to go back in time, and something's going to happen. Out. I'm out. If somebody, yeah. if somebody comes Dies back and, and becomes dead back. and becomes yeah. like wants to kill a lot of people, yeah. or somebody suddenly John Diggle will have twins now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, Barry, what do you, what do you mean? I, mean, I had a daughter, and I had a son, and I got twins? What, what, no. <laughs> Sorry, John. So if... Um, okay, so if Barry was on the show Friends, <laughs> who would they be dating? Which of the three women? You're asking the wrong guy. I watched I half an episode of Friends and never watched again. Uh, I thought, okay, thought you know Friends. why? It's because I was just older. I was just a little too old and a little too married to, to, to yeah, enjoy the show. Yeah, I, I and see I just the I couldn't get it. Uh, I just couldn't get it. It's like people okay. love Big Bang Theory. And it's like... I don't get it. It's not a funny show to me. I, 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 I should like, be the I target audience. Show. I should be That's the target funny. audience, and, I, and, I, and I'm not. Okay, so, so what about, well, then you should know, uh, I mean, you should know vehicles. So okay. would Barry drive Kit? Would Barry fly Airwolf? Or would Barry drive Streethawk? Hmm, good question. It would not be Airwolf. Okay. Because Barry's a ground guy. He runs. Okay. So, he wouldn't be the motorcycle because that's Oliver he Queen. Knew what street hog oh, okay. was? Okay, knew yes. it. Knew that it. would be that would be Oliver Queen that, and, actually, and, and his group. You're you know, right. The, yeah. So it's got to be Kit. And of course, Cisco would trick it out for him and give it a better voice. That. I was just going to say he already has the tech guy <laughs> to build out. Yeah. Kit. Well, it'd be Cisco's voice and be like, "Yeah, shut up, Cisco." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then the final uh, question in the big finish is your top three all-time favorite movies. Top three favorite movies. Um, Galaxy Quest. Not, nice. be, not because I worked on it, but I just love that movie. Um, Empire Strikes Back. Not because I was in it later on, but <laughs> because I always loved that movie. I'm sensing a trend here. And, no. and not Howard the Duck. And, because... No, not Howard the Duck. <laughs> And nothing with Al Gore's hand in it. <laughs> now, the last one would be The Ten Commandments with Charlton oh. Heston. I okay. just love that movie. It's that's, one of it's, it's a real. It's a, that's just a great movie. It's a yeah. timeless uh-huh. movie. I hope they never ever ever remake that. Like they did, like mm-hmm. Spartacus and some of the other yeah. ones. Just or Ben-Hur, scenes, I mean. Just even even you know Nefertiri when she when she looks at Moses and she burns with passion. You can see the fire in her eyes and she just Moses. <laughs> but that, that, I just love that movie. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's, classic. It's an incredible film. That the fact that you could not make that film today the way that it was made back then, you just couldn't do it. Would it. it would probably be worth possibly, like a billion dollars. Exactly, it'd be a lot, very expensive. Yeah. I think Cleopatra was more expensive, mm-hmm. right? One, yeah. both of those, because well, because yeah. of the production, the, the delays in the production for yeah. Cleopatra, mm-hmm. plus the scale that they were doing it on too. Exactly, I mean, there's it, nothing else because there was like no. There. You can't CG the actor. That's an actual mm-hmm. guy standing out there, like right. you know, sweating his yeah. ass off the, in the sun. The next right. two Avenger movies, they said it was going to equal a billion dollars. 
Yeah, yeah, but that's again, crazy. that's CG work where these. Yeah, guys but then again, but I'm talking about doing it in the exact same manner that they did. Oh, back it then. would be you like four billion dollars. Yeah, yeah they'd be able to there, do there's, it. There's no way, and, would, and you couldn't. You, and all, the all the regulations and everything, you couldn't yeah, do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It'd be all CG, yeah. like Gods of Egypt. So, but union. those are three films that, if I'm flipping through the channels and it happens to be on, I am stuck from that point on. I don't care if I've got it on DVD or Blu-ray or something like that. I do the same. I will sit and I will watch. Or if it's like the last ten minutes, then you'll then you'll put the DVD in and watch it from the beginning. You know it. I want to know it. Yeah. So the other thing we do, uh, thank you again for taking our time. We, we uh-huh. actually went over, so apologies for that. Um, this is the part where we do the human sacrifice. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, <laughs> the lady that was do you feel claustrophobic? <laughs> <laughs> do you get claustrophobic? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I do. Um, so we like to give uh, uh, gifts to all our interviewers. Um, oh, thank and you. It's, a, it's a personalized gift. Um, is it Kit? Is it Airwolf? Or is it... Oh, no. If, if oh, it was, I we wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> this laptop would That's be tricked out. De- oh, it's not... Oh, the DeLorean's gone. Never mind. Oh, I know the podcasting with somebody <laughs> in the background. Uh-huh. Um, so here's our official logo that we oh, cool. uh, got for you. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, we do stick figures. I love it. So it's it's you. It's me with, with the Vader, Vader helmet. helmet. And encapsulating the Lucas I am, I'm, the, I'm the LucasArts man. Yeah. <laughs> the gold man is what we used to call it. Gold him. man. That, oh, that is, uh, that is going up on my wall in my home office. That is so Sweet. cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. So it's, it's one of a kind. I'm going to hold it up to the microphone so everybody can see it. See it? it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm we'll sorry. Take, we'll take a picture. Now? We'll, we'll, take a picture we'll, pick, we'll get pictures. Uh, Andrew, thanks again for, for stopping oh, by. Thank uh, thanks for, for all your time. It's fun. I can't wait to hear another... Uh, thing that you have, uh, like somebody else's body part. Like, <laughs> that's in a movie that you did. I guess. Well, you know, when you turn into the news and you find that yeah, <laughs> body parts, wow. He seemed like a nice guy. I, I didn't really Al's think... looking for his hand again. <laughs> Bring it back. Uh, Andrew, thanks again for, for spending the time thanks, with us. Thanks, Andrew, for having Take me. Care. And the force is strong with Chew on this. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it.